How can we as healthcare practitioners move from just providing disease management to providing true healthcare? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast that helps you grow your practice and expand your skills as a practitioner. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for wellness-minded people and professionals who are passionate about transforming our broken medical system into a true healthcare system. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, and I believe that most diseases can be reversed or prevented, and I am dedicated to empowering millions of people to go from disease and dysfunction into living their best life possible, and in empowering health professionals to be able to provide that kind of result for their patients. So let's take a look at the relationship between niacin and brain function. In previous episodes, we've discussed niacin in detail about its functions and its various forms. So go back to those episodes, especially episode 104, where we went deep into how it affects the cardiovascular system, and 105, where we talked about its relationship and potential benefit for people with Raynaud's. Today, I want to explore the role of niacin in brain function. You know, one of the most prescribed medications of all, especially in the U.S., are antidepressants. So many millions of people are on antidepressants, and some of those do not need to be on antidepressants, and we know a lot of strategies that can help them to get the better mood and brain function and neurotransmitter function using natural means. And niacin is one of those. Plays an important role in metabolism and cellular energy. The NAD, nicotinamine adenine dinucleotide form, is an important player in the Krebs cycle. And we know that every cell in the body needs energy, especially the brain cells. So let's look at some of the ways that niacin improves brain function. Well, one thing is DNA synthesis and repair. NAD, which is important in the Krebs cycle and is derived from niacin, plays a critical role also in DNA repair and synthesis. Adequate niacin levels help maintain the genomic stability in brain cells. What do we mean by that? When there are genetic tendencies to not produce enough neurotransmitters, to have Uh, brain cells that don't get enough oxygen, then niacin can play a role in improving that. Niacin can protect cells throughout the body, especially in the brain. It has antioxidant properties, and that prevents the brain cells from deteriorating as a result of oxidative stress and oxidative damage. So niacin's role in mental health goes back very far. In the early 20th century, Niacin deficiency was linked to a disease called pellagra, which is characterized by dermatitis, you know, skin inflammation, diarrhea, and dementia, the three Ds. And pellagra was common because we didn't know about vitamins, and people who weren't getting enough niacin were suffering from this. We don't see this anymore because we know about niacin, and even people who eat a bad diet get a multivitamin that has some niacin in it. So let's look at niacin's role in depression and mood disorders. There are some studies that suggest niacin supplementation can benefit people 
with mood disorders because it's important in the synthesis of serotonin and dopamine. There's some historical and ongoing research into the use of high-dose niacin as part of a treatment regime for schizophrenia and other psychotic disorders. Dr. Abraham Hoffer is a notable figure in this, and he wrote a book called Niacin, The Real Story. If you want to go deeper with this, I would highly recommend that you check out his book. I have listened to it and read it, and I've gotten a lot of great insights on niacin from it. Some research suggests that niacin has a potential role in preventing and slowing down cognitive decline, which means people who get dementia as they age or have Alzheimer's as they age can be helped with niacin supplementation. So let's talk a little bit more deeply about how niacin affects brain chemistry. Well, number one, it has an impact on the synthesis of dopamine. Dopamine is synthesized from the amino acid tyrosine, and this process requires several enzymes that depend on niacin-derived cofactors, such as NAD, which we've talked about before, nicotinamine, adenine dinucleotide. Niacin influences the conversion of dopamine to noradrenaline, norepinephrine, and adequate levels help maintain balance and regulation of these neurotransmitters. And epinephrine and norepinephrine are released under stress and can give people the oomph, the energy to get through stressful times. What does niacin have to do with serotonin? Well, again, serotonin is derived from an amino acid, all the neurotransmitters are, and that one is tryptophan. And niacin plays a role directly in this process because without sufficient niacin, the body will use tryptophan to produce more niacin instead of making serotonin. So it's kind of like this robbing action that happens. We don't get enough niacin, therefore the body, instead of making their serotonin, takes the tryptophan and turns it into niacin. Niacin is critical for the energy metabolism of all cells, as we talked about. It's important in the mitochondria. And this is especially true in the neurons. So remember, coenzymes NAD, and NADP, nicotinamine, adenine dinucleotide, and dinucleotide phosphate are really important in creating healthy cells. We need to have good energy production in the cells for the cells to replicate themselves and be healthy. So, and neurons are super important for transmitting the functions, transmitting the messages down from the neurotransmitters. So by supporting the energy production and DNA repair in the neurons, niacin contributes to the overall health and functioning of the brain. And it indirectly influences the production and regulation of all of these neurotransmitters, like we said, related to tyrosine, related to tryptophan. The other way that niacin protects the brain is with its antioxidant effects. It helps to protect the neurons from damage and potentially reduces the risk of neurodegenerative diseases from damaged neurons. It plays a role in neuroinflammation. There's lots of research emerging that suggests that niacin may help to reduce neuroinflammation. We know what inflammation does, and we know the damage it does through the body. You can imagine what neuroinflammation does to the functioning of the brain. Because niacin is important in the synthesis of dopamine and serotonin, it can be useful as an adjunct in helping people who are dealing with depression and anxiety. Oftentimes you can combine niacin 
with the use of some herbs and other nutrients that support neurotransmitter function, right? So some of the herbs that are out there, like macuna, which helps with dopamine, niacin can be an adjunct with that. And even if you have people who are already on antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications, this can compound the effect and they can work with their doctors to reduce the amount of those medications. So there's a lot of potential here. I'm not saying that this is a cure-all for anxiety and depression, but it's certainly something to have in your arsenal for working with people and helping to, to overcome this. And you know, we already talked about the cognitive disorders, right? When we have oxidative damage and neuroinflammation, we're much more prone to have cognitive disorders and niacin can protect that through its antioxidant effects. So let's talk about supplementation and guidelines. We talked in the other episode about cardiac and with lowering LDLs and LP little a about doses that ranged up to 2000 or more, depending on the person's size, obviously, and the severity. But in this particular case, the doses are not quite that high. And we're usually going to combine them with other things like vitamin B6, because it's a cofactor in neurotransmitter production. So I would research it. Niacin, the real story, gives you a lot of guidelines for different kinds of conditions and how to determine the proper dose of niacin. So niacin, is it a wonder drug? And actually a lot of people call it a drug. You'll see research, oh, this is a drug. It's not a drug, it's a vitamin. But once we take a vitamin and we go beyond its need, like I think niacin has like a 1.5 or two or something low like that milligram need in the body for preventing deficiency, preventing pellagra, but we can use it in ways that is more nutraceutical that is more pharmacologically. So it doesn't have the same potential side effects as drugs, but you certainly have to be careful about it. And I go through a lot of the potential side effects in another episode, the episode on Renault's. So I would highly recommend that you research on niacin, get the book, Niacin, The Real Story, and really understand how you can use it as a part of your arsenal of approaches to helping people lipid issues, with mental health issues, with circulation issues, and other things. So thank you for listening. Get out there and make your work known in the world. Help these people who are not getting help from other practitioners who are not thinking in terms of function, who are not thinking in terms of diet, nutrition, lifestyle. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.